The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby. Welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. <laughs> I am so excited to be starting a podcast, especially now that we're all spending a lot more time at home than we all probably ever anticipated. And there are more questions than ever coming in about how to cook. I feel like I've seen so many of you cooking that don't normally have time, and it is giving me so much joy. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, which is a food website. I'm a best-selling author. I have a line of products, and now I am a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is about to be your one-stop shop for all your food-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and more. Every podcast, I'm also going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing great things for delivery because I feel like we're all limiting the amount of time we're going outside and it's nice to get really awesome food products delivered to our house. We're also going to have some very special guests in the near future to talk some nitty gritty details about bread swaps, salt, you name it. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. All right, guys, how is everybody doing? We are on day, I don't even know. I think we've been quarantined for actually three weeks as of today. So it's day 21 in the world of Gabby and Thomas, and we're still married. No one's gotten in any big fights yet. We have been eating more cheese than usual because that's what we have in the fridge. And honestly, our cat is thriving because we're home all the time. So I hope you guys are also figuring out ways to make it work. Last week, when I asked you to call in for the podcast, we got so many calls. And I actually am so excited to hear everyone's voices on the voicemail recording because I feel like we talk all the time on Instagram and Twitter and on the website. And now I know what your voices sound like. And it is so fun. So each podcast, we're going to pick three or four questions and answer them. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, this is Ethan and Haley from Sierra Madre, California. Uh, we're trying to figure out how to keep our uh, dinners fresh tasting during this quarantine when it feels like everything we're making is, you know, coming out of cans or the freezer or stuff or is overly protein heavy. I'm just curious if you have any input on how to keep things fresh and light and uh, healthy tasting. Hi, Ethan. Hey, thanks for calling in. So happy to hear from you. And I'm kind of jealous that you have a lot of protein on hand. We've been like accidentally vegetarian for a couple of days because we ran out of meat. So I wish I was your neighbor. Not that that would even help right now. Anyways, here are my tips and tricks about keeping things fresh. I think there are a few things that we can have on hand if possible to brighten things up. The first one would be citrus. Like when I'm making taco meat or anything like that, adding a little bit of lemon juice or a little bit of lime juice or even a little orange juice. If you have like those little uh, like satsuma mandarins or like the like easy to peel kid stuff that you can get at the store. If you put that on any kind of protein, fish, chicken, beef, it's going to brighten everything up. For example, if you have beef, lime is fantastic. It kind of can give it like a little fajita vibe. If you've got chicken, I always put lemon on it or lime if you want to give it a little bit of a Mexican flair. Fish does really well with both of those as well. So that would be the first thing. The second thing I would say is if you have access to any kind of herbs like basil or cilantro, dill. Uh, there are a couple of recipes on my website for herb-based vinaigrettes. And I think you can make a batch of that when you have herbs on hand. 
pop them into the freezer in little ice cube trays. So that way it lasts forever. And then just take one out, let it thaw and slather it on top of meat or fish or whatever kind of protein you're using. That's going to brighten things up as well. It's also fantastic on grains and pasta and as a salad dressing or something like that. So I think those two things make it go a really long way. Okay, let's go to our next caller. Hi, Gabby. It's Lindsay calling from Scottsdale. So I'm in the aisles of Target trying to make your kitchen sink cookies. And my options for the craisins are either 50% less sugar craisins or dried cherries. So curious what you think, which one I should buy. Um, I might buy both and then wait for you to get back to me. All right. Can't wait to hear from you. Thanks. All right. For those of you who don't know Lindsay, we've only met maybe once in real life. And then we FaceTimed before. Lindsay is like the OG What's Gobby Cooking fan and has been doing Gobby Friendsgivings for the last couple of years. I'm sure if you guys follow me on Instagram, you've seen them before. She is next level amazing. Anyways, hi, Lindsay. That is a great question. So for a lot of recipe swaps, especially with my dad's kitchen sink cookies, I think the key is you want to keep the ratios the same. So let's say you can't find like regular dried cranberries. Cool. You could use either of those. I personally would go with dried cherries. Dried cherries tend to be a little bit bigger than dried cranberries. So I would chop them up or just like use some kitchen shears and snip them in half. So they're the same size, but in line with that same recipe, if you can't get your hands on M&Ms or chocolate chips or dried apricots or anything like that, any sort of cookie mix-in would totally work. If you want to add walnuts or pistachios or chopped up cashews, fair game. If you only have dark chocolate chips or white chocolate chips, those are fine. If you don't have M&Ms on hand, I mean... I ran out of my emergency stash of M&Ms and it's, things are really sad over here. So I get it, but I think you can leave them out and add more chocolate chips. Like sky's the limit. You just want to keep the ratios the same. So if it was a total of two cups of mix-ins, whatever you end up adding, make sure it's two cups and it's going to be delicious. All right, let's see who's next. Hey, Gabby, it's Chula Robertson from Tucson, Arizona. So happy you're doing this. I'm looking to get some new knives, and I was just wondering what kind of knives you recommend. Thank you so much. I really look forward to all of your podcasts. Love you, Ann Thomas. Enjoy the rest of your quarantine. Stay safe. Oh, my God. Tucson, Arizona. That's where I grew up. I feel like, I mean, do we know each other? We could. We could have like, who knows? We might have run into each other at like EG's back in the day. Anyways, hi. Thank you for calling in. Let's talk about knives because there were so many voicemails about like kitchen utensils and stuff like that. And we'll talk about more of them in different pods. But knives are super important. I uh, use a brand called Global and I have a handful of Global knives, but here's what I will tell you about knives. I think you only need one to start. And so I would save up some money and invest in one knife and get like the chef's knife or the vegetable knife and just like get really comfortable with that. When you get a new knife in the mail, it's incredibly sharp. So like everyone that's listening, please promise me you'll be careful. I have cut myself using like brand new knives on national TV and it's not cute. So like hide your fingers, don't get crazy. Crazy. And the reason I like the global knives is because it's one piece of metal. I also grew up when I was in culinary school with Wusthof knives, which are very near and dear to my heart because I think that's how What's Gobby Cooking got started. It's a German brand. They're incredible. 
but it's a wooden handle. And then there's like the metal part of the actual knife, which is amazing. They're great knife. It just kind of depends on what feels best in your hand, which unfortunately right now with all stores mostly being closed, you can't go and test it. So I would say like for an average first time knife buyer, you should buy a six or seven inch chef's knife. Global, Wustoff, those are both great brands that I stand behind all the time. That would be my recommendation. And just get that first one, see how you feel and get more from there. Like if you need to get another one, a bread knife is really good, like a serrated bread knife. So you can slice, you know, like my dad's homemade bread recipe. If you've become a professional bread baker like me or a paring knife, like a small knife that you can use to like peel vegetables and stuff like that. Those are the three knives that I think are the most important to have with the chef's knife being the most important. All right, guys, pro tip on the knives. If you have a really nice knife or any knife for that matter, you never want to put it in the dishwasher. Like when you put things in the dishwasher, there's like debris that flies around and it can damage and like take a chunk, like a tiny little chunk out of the sharp part of the knife, which will end up damaging it long term. So hand wash your knives forever and ever. It's kind of a pain in the butt, but it's totally worth it because if you invest, let's say $100 in a really good chef's knife, it's going to last you for 20, 30, 40 years. And so you probably won't have to buy a another one, at least for a really long time. So no dishwasher. I mean, I dishwash everything, but definitely not the knives. All right. Let's see who is next. Hi, Gabby. It's Donna from Fairfax, Virginia. I was just wondering, what is your secret to keeping a avocado fresh and green in the refrigerator if you don't use the whole avocado at once? Thanks so much. Hi, Donna. Great question. You all know avocados are near and dear to my heart. Um, I actually haven't had an avocado in two weeks because I haven't been able to get my hand on some. So I am currently searching for a really cool company to highlight where we can all order avocados from. So stay tuned. But that said, I wrote my entire first cookbook was about avocados and I usually live and breathe with them. So I would say for an avocado, if you're going to slice it in half, you're going to want to use the half that doesn't have the pit in it. So when you slice an avocado, you slice it around the whole sphere, basically twist it. And then the side that has the pit is what you want to put in the refrigerator. So go ahead and use the other side, the one that has the pit in it. I like to rub a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of lime juice, or a little bit of olive oil around like the exposed flesh part of the avocado and then wrap it in plastic wrap or put it in a little snapware container or something and pop it in the fridge. That way, that barrier is going to prevent the avocado from oxidizing and turning brown. If your avocado turns a little bit brown, no big deal. I use slightly browned avocados all the time, either in guacamole, because once you mash it up, you're never going to know. Or I just like slice the tiniest, tiniest bit off if it's gotten a little like chewy and discard it. But I try and use my avocados. Like if I'm just using a half, I'll try to use the other half the next day or like two days would be the longest I would stretch it. That way you're not wasting any food. It's staying delicious and bright green. And you're just using the acid or the oil to keep it from oxidizing. And then you pop it in the refrigerator. Another tip about avocados, and this goes for quarantine times and not quarantine times. When you're buying avocados, I like to buy them rock hard, like literally rock hard. That way you can take them home and let them ripen on your counter. That way, you know, no one's like manhandled them or squeezed them. I mean, we're all guilty of it. We've all like squeezed many avocados in the grocery store before. But when you buy them super rock hard, they have the luxury of ripening on your home kitchen counter. And then you can tell exactly when they're going to be ripe. 
if you buy a bunch of them and they all happen to ripen at the same time, once it has like a little bit of a give to it, it'll feel kind of like the part of your hand right underneath your thumb. That's when you know it's ripe. Um, Pop it right into the refrigerator and it will extend its life a couple more days. And then you can just take it out of the fridge and use it as needed. Speaking of avocados, I feel like that's a perfect transition into the last part of the podcast that I'm so pumped about. I said on Instagram a couple of days ago, I don't know how many of you guys have also been struggling to find tortillas, but it's been weeks since I've been able to get my hands on some. I have looked at grocery stores before I totally went into full quarantine. I tried ordering some from like Instacart and stuff like that. No tortillas were able to be found. And then I discovered this super cool company, which is actually based in Tucson, Arizona, where I am from and where we had a caller from today. It's called La Mesa Tortillas, lamesatortillas.com. They have honestly some of the most incredible flour tortillas I have ever had in my entire life. And they're shipping all over the country. So I feel like hot tip, order some. You can order, I think, seven or eight dozen at a time, but let's not be aggressive, you guys. <laughs> let's leave some for everyone else. So order one or two dozen. You can keep them in the freezer. They're incredible. Like put them over an open flame, make a quesadilla, whatever you need to do. That way we can all have a little bit of a tortilla fix and help out a cool, small mom and pop company that's doing great things. Okay, that's a wrap on the first What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. These are going to be coming out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future. Um, If you're listening and you have any questions that you want answered, call in 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. We will play it back on air. So you'll get to hear yourself and we'll get to answer questions for I'm sure people have the same questions as you. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. Follow along with me at What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes along with the ones we talked about on today's podcast, check out whatscobbycooking.com. And I will talk to you guys super soon. Bye. Bye.